Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Is the game won in the trenches, or does defense win championships? Well, we break down the college football big men and how they project at the next level with my next guest right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody, and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Welcome to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith. Send me a topic or question on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. We have a great show for you. You know what else is great? It's Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports info, stats, news, and scores. Get those latest odds and lines, and most importantly, the latest matchup reports. Bet Online is your Sports Intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. Look, it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games. Available to play right from the comfort of your home. Get in on the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join. And be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. It's Pen Online, where the game starts. No matter how many superstars you have at the skill positions, everyone knows it all starts up front with the pass protectors and road graders. On the flip side, defense wins championships with those who will wreak havoc and beat their opponents into submission. Well, we cover all that and more with my special guest on the show, Ryan Roberts, NFL draft analyst and scout who covers recruiting for the irishbreakdown.com on SI Now. Plus, you have to check out his podcast, The First Team Pod. It's an NFL draft and college football show. You can find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, capital N, draft. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Oh, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I appreciate you as always for having me on. Now, we covered the college football stars at the skills position in our last episode, so make sure you check that out. But as we know, the game's won the trenches. Now, the first alignment off the board was pick number six, four going in the top 15 of the NFL draft. And there's some stellar bookends, but who do you favor more, Penn State's Olofashanu or Joe Alt from Notre Dame? I think it's about what you what you prefer at the position. I, I think that when you look at Olufashano, he is the more slightly high up, more upside pick because I think that he has a little better core strength and and maybe short area explosiveness. I think it's a conversation though. I, I do prefer Joe Walt right now just because I think Joe Walt hits every single category you want at the offensive line. A massive line man, six eight. Well, yeah, at six eight, three hundred fifteen pounds. That's a check mark. He's got really long arms. That's a check mark. He's a former high school tight end. He was he was recruited at when he committed to Notre Dame, and when he ended his senior year, he was a six foot seven and a half, two hundred sixty pound tight end. So he has the tight end background. He has the athleticism. He has the length. He's going to be a two and a half year starter at the University of Notre Dame, which matters. That, that means usually pretty good development from the offensive line position. His father is also John Alt, that played with the Kansas City Chiefs, is in their Ring of Honor in their Hall of Fame. So I think that when you look at everything, bloodlines, athleticism, size, three-year starter at Notre Dame, everything just checks there, right? And I think that everyone's going to get really excited about Fashanu, and I get it. I mean, I think he's going to be a top 10 to 15 pick. 
next year. And I think he probably could have contended for to be that this year if he would have decided to declare. But I think that one thing we do need to be worried about is that he's only started 10 career games. And at the left tackle position, especially offensive line in general, those guys usually need a little bit more work, right? Like, I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to come in day one and be that guy. But when you look at Joe Walt, I mean, he's going to have, you know, 30-plus starts under his belt at left tackle at Notre Dame. He's one of the more, I, I think, one of the more consistent technical players that is going to come out at the left tackle position over the last couple of years. Father, obviously, is a big part of that, big reason for that. So I, I prefer Joe Walt, but I do think it's a very interesting conversation between him and Olu Sashano. Yeah, all help cleared the way for seven games of 220-plus yards rushing with four games of 260-plus for the Irish. So he can pave the way. And we have on the show Ryan Roberts, recruiter, NFL draft scout, and also co-host of the podcast, The First Team Pod. And how good will Alabama's J.C. Latham and Georgia's Amarius Mims be in 2023? Uh, Marius Mims is my guy, Chris. He's my guy. I, I think for me, you look at both, and they're going to be compared heavily because obviously they're SEC offensive tackles, former five stars. J.C. is 6'6", 335 pounds. Amarius Mims is 6'7", 330 pounds. It, the crazy part is, is that J.C. Latham, I think, has all the tools, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I mean, if you watch his game against against Auburn last year when he was working against Derek Hall, there was a lot of mixed reps, man. He plays on his heels a little bit too much for my taste. Obviously, incredible talent. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. For Amarius Mims, I just think it's about playing, man. I mean, he only started a couple games. Yeah, for a, fi- for a five-star recruit, yeah, that's not a lot of games. I mean, he- he, he almost transferred last offseason because he wasn't playing. He played down the stretch. His first start, I think, was against Ohio um, was against Ohio State, or it may have been in the SEC Championship game. Then he played against Ohio State. But his game against Ohio State was probably the best game I've watched this offseason of any offensive lineman eligible for 2024. I mean, he was absolutely incredible against JT and Jack Sawyer and all these really talented edge rushers for Ohio State. So I think if this kid puts together a full season, he probably has the rarest skill set of anybody that's eligible for that class at offensive tackle. And I wouldn't be shocked if come April, we're talking about Amarius Mims being in contention for the first offensive tackle off the board, man. Like, I think his skill set is that incredible. And I think that we'll be talking about J.C. Latham as long as he takes a step forward in the first round. But for me, when I look at Amarius Mims, I say that that kid has rare traits. So keep an eye on him for sure. I think he's going to be moved over to left tackle this year for Georgia, obviously, with Roger Jones gone. And I think he has a chance to be special. Yeah, he was selected to the 2021 Under Armour All-American Game, 24-7 Sports, composite five-star prospect, ranked number three offensive tackle prospect and the first in Georgia. So he's definitely someone to look out for. I thought it was a funny tweet that you had where you actually posted Georgia's offensive line projecting starters in 2023. You have... 67360, 67320, 64315, and 64330. A healthy average of 6'5 and 3 fifths and 321 pounds. That looks like an NFL line squad. It does. I mean, it's bigger than some NFL offensive lines, man. It really is. I mean, your center in Cedric Van Prahn, who's arguably your most accomplished offensive lineman coming back, is your smallest dude. And he even he for a center. Is six four three hundred and ten pounds. So I mean, it, it is ridiculous. To, I mean, on the hoof, man, those guys all look like NFL players. I mean, Tate Ratledge at right guard. You got Ernest Green, who's going to be starting over at right tackle most likely as a redshirt freshman. Cedric Van Prahn's a future NFL player. Xavier Russ is going to play in the NFL. 
So, I mean, literally Georgia has whoever the, you know, Carson Beck is the assumed starting quarterback, right? So, you know, for Carson and the running backs that are going to be playing behind that offensive line, they, they may legitimately, and this, I don't think this is hyperbole, but if either Carson Beck or some of these running backs play in the NFL, which is, there's a good chance that they will, you look at it and say their offensive line that they play behind in Georgia might be better than the one that drafts them ultimately. <laughs> like it's insane, yeah. man. It absolutely is insane. Yeah, that's why I love your tweets. That's why everybody's got to check out Rise and Draft. That's Rise, a capital and draft on Twitter. Let's turn to the defensive side of the ball. Those who will wreak havoc. How surprised were you that Jarrett Verse returned to Florida State? I mean, he was the biggest surprise for me. I know everyone was talking about Olu Fashanu. I actually understood why Olu went back to school because, again, he's only played 10 career games for Penn State. Uh, Jared Verse is one where I just don't think he gets out of the top 10 last year. I really don't. I mean, at worst, I think he's a top 15 pick. He's the former Albany All-American defensive end. He obviously transferred over to Florida State last year. I mean, (laughs) if anybody wants some fun, just go watch his game against LSU the first game of the year last year before he got banged up. I mean, he was – Phenomenal. I mean, he is 6'4, 248 pounds. But before, if you didn't tell me that, man, I would swear the kid's 260 plus pounds with how much easy power he creates in tight windows. I mean, he is absolutely just unstoppable at the point of attack, man. He rolls through contact. He's incredibly explosive. And I mean, he's still learning how to play the position, but those traits that he has are absolutely ridiculous. When he was at Albany in 2021, there was a clip where he was playing on the backside against Syracuse and Sean Tucker, who's a fast running back, got the corner on the opposite side of the field and he was hawking down at the side on the sideline near the end zone. I mean, this kid is a <laughs> freaking nature athlete, man. So if he's able to stay healthy, it's one of the biggest gets to have Jared Verse come back from Florida State. I think Florida State's gonna be a pretty good team overall. But man, convincing that kid who I think would have been a top 10 to 15 pick to come back to school Absolutely incredible job by Florida State recruiting that kid, man. Well, like another tweet you uh, put out there, projected defensive line rotation in 2023 for Florida State. Healthy average of 6'4 and 5'8", 316 pounds, including edge, 6'5 and 360 pounds inside. They are going to be massive. And like you said, Verse going to be wreaking havoc off the edge. And we'll be back with more College Football Legends right after this. Welcome back to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith, and we're speaking with Ryan Roberts, NFL Draft Scout and Analyst. You can check out his podcast, The First Team Pod, which you can also watch on Stadium. And of the other defensive linemen, Dallas Turner out of Bama, JT, or Trice out of Washington, who do you like more? I, I like Braylon Trice a lot out of Washington. That, that's one of my guys. I think that he's a very different player than a couple of the guys you just mentioned. Like Dallas Turner from Alabama is one of those dudes where if you guarantee the light comes on this year, then he's probably a top 10 to 15 pick as well. I mean, he has got some special athleticism, man. That kid moves about as well as I've ever seen someone on the edge move, but he's not nearly as nuanced or he's not, he's not ready to go from an NFL perspective. Braylon Trice is. He's another kid that he could have declared for the NFL last year, and he would be playing on day one, in my opinion, on the NFL. He's got really strong hands. He understands how to use them. He's really crafty. Not the greatest athlete of all time, but he's a good, sufficient athlete all around. So I like Brandon Trice a lot. I think the edge group has – there's a lot of question marks in it for me right now because Dallas needs to take a step forward. I think JT Tumoloa out of Ohio State's a good player. I think he's slightly overrated, but I think he's good. Latu Latu out of UCLA, I think, is an incredibly talented kid, but he has some 
some really bad medicals, man. I mean, he had to medically retire due to a neck injury while he was still at the University of Washington. So there's going to be some question marks there. Chop Robinson from Penn State's a guy that's getting a lot of talk, but that kid is super small. So I, I, I just I'm struggling a little bit with him. But for me, I look at Braylon Trice and I say the floor is what's so appealing to me. I think that there's very little chance that he comes in and is, isn't at least a good player in the NFL. And so I really like the I really like the nuance of Braylon Trice, Braylon Trice, excuse me, out of Washington. Yeah, he burst onto the scene in 2022 and was named defensive MVP of the Alamo Bowl versus Texas, where he had five tackles and a sack against Longhorns. And we're speaking with NFL Draft analyst and scout Ryan Roberts. Give him a follow on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, capital N, Draft. And I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Notre Dame, as I mentioned you write some great recruiting articles on the irishbreakdown.com on at SI now. So Notre Dame lost its first two games of the season, but bounced back to finish nine and four and finish 17th in the FPI. The Irish projected to have one of the more balanced teams in the FBS in 2023. What do you see as the strengths and weaknesses this fall? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about one already with Sam Hartman. I think that quarterback has been an unknown for Notre Dame in certain years recently. I think that you have much more known commodity. I think the offensive line is going to be one of the better ones coming back. I mean, we mentioned Joe Old, obviously, on the podcast, but they have Blake Fisher returning, who could be also an NFL prospect this year. They have their centers coming back, who had a really nice end stretch of the year in Zeke Correll. So I look at them and I say offensive line should be excellent. Quarterback should be very good. Running back, I think, should be very good also with Audrick Estime. So I'm really excited, honestly. <laughs> this doesn't happen often, but I'm actually more excited about the Notre Dame offense coming back than I am the defense. Like, that just doesn't I know, man. It, it doesn't happen, Chris. It really doesn't. But I look at that Notre Dame offense. I'm like, nice young wide receivers, I think, are going to take a step forward. They got a bell cow in the backfield in Audrick Estime, who was fantastic last year for the, for the carries he got. You have a really good offensive line coming back. You have to figure out tight ends, which, you know, there's a little bit of a depth issue right there. But, like, it's Notre Dame. I, I think the one position that you can count on them getting production out of is the tight end. So I think the offense is going to be fantastic. Biggest question marks I have right now is safety is one for Notre Dame and just how far along this defensive line comes in 2023. I think that there was... Yeah, and a couple of years oh, past, you were talking about how strong the defensive back class was for Notre Dame. Yeah, yes. I mean, right now, the safety is probably the one spot where I say that is the biggest question mark. I mean, there's some talent there, but it's not enough. There's not enough depth at safety. Defensive line, I think defensive line could end up being very good for Notre Dame, but... You're relying on a lot of young players. I mean, Riley, Riley Mills is moving back inside the to interior defensive line. I think he could be good, but we just haven't seen enough of it. Jordan Botelho had a fantastic bowl game against South Carolina. Had like two sacks, 10 hurries, was fantastic, but he's never been a full-time player. Javante Jean-Baptiste, who played for Ohio State, is transferring over. He's going to play the big end position for Notre Dame. So there's talent, certainly. But at some point, talent needs to actualize into actual production, right? Yeah. So I, I think that that's my biggest thing is that I think the defense line for Notre Dame could be really good. But as of right now, it's a lot more projection than it is production. They got some heavyweights on the schedule, too. September 23rd, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Ohio State hasn't been there in a very long time. Yeah, it seems like other programs are using Notre Dame as their minor league system. Just looking at one of your tweets, Alabama got Notre Dame's expected backup QB. Ohio State got Notre Dame's expected fourth or fifth wide receiver. LSU got Notre Dame's backup running back. That was a pretty funny tweet that you put out that <laughs> they seem to be the G League for the, for the rest of the programs at this point. If you want more 
on Notre Dame. Check out the IrishBreakdown.com on SI Now. Plus, you have to check out his podcast, The First Team NFL Draft and College Football Show, which you can also watch on Stadium. Find Ryan on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, a capital N draft. All right, it's time to go for two. Get that kicker out of there. Two final points. It's time to go for two, two lighter questions to close out the interview. First off, how surprised were you by Brian Kelly's success going from Notre Dame to LSU? So, uh, I mean, my, my whole vantage point on Brian Kelly has always been this. I, I, I thought that Brian Kelly was going to get LSU back to a more consistent approach because the one thing about LSU was LSU would win a championship and then they would be in the dumpster for a couple of years. Absolutely. You know, they, they weren't able to be a consistent, sustainable program. Brian Kelly is going to make it sustainable. Like, I, I guarantee they're going to win about 10 plus games every single year because I, I know this because he did the same thing at Notre Dame. You know, he came into a not great situation. By the end of his Notre Dame tenure, they were consistent, double-digit win team every single year. I was, I will say this though, I am super surprised that he got the most out of that team as a first-year coach. Absolutely, because that roster was. I not think a good everybody spot. was kind of rooting. A lot of people were rooting against them as well. They were like, "Hey, yes. you're going to well, leave Notre Dame for LSU." <laughs> I, I would be lying if I didn't say that I was. Ah, there we go. I, I Honesty is the best be policy, right? <laughs> hey, man, I, I wouldn't be lying. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Brian, but I mean, the one thing I'll say is that Brian Kelly is going to get his programs into a sustainable window. My biggest question with Brian Kelly, though, and it was the same in Notre Dame, was, yes, you're going to get it to a baseline level. You're going to raise the floor of a program. There's no doubt. But can you ever break through the ceiling? That's my question. I mean, what was the biggest thing about Notre Dame the last few years under Brian Kelly? They would beat all the teams they should beat, but they would never beat the best teams on the schedule. Absolutely. They would never beat the Clemsons, the Georges, the Ohio States. They would never beat those teams. And, yes, it was a mixed result in year one under Marcus Freeman going nine and four, but they beat the ever-loving you-know-what out of Clemson, which is something that we hadn't seen, you know, for in, in, under Brian Kelly. So. I'm hopeful that the big game performance can take an uptick for Notre Dame. Like that's really what I'm hoping for. And honestly, for LSU, like they they beat Alabama last year. That was fantastic. Another game that surprised me. But I just I do still question: Can you raise the ceiling enough at LSU where you're a consistent championship winner every single year? I know Brian Kelly is going to raise the floor. They're not going to be a bad team. They're never going to be a dumpster fire. They're going to be a good football program. Will it be elite? Will it be great? that's my question mark. That's my major one. Always a question mark with Brian Kelly, but he did become the fourth head coach to lead a team to an SEC championship game in his first season at the school. And finally, I'm a foodie. So what would be one legendary place and meal from your home state of New Jersey? Oh man, I don't know if it's a legendary thing yet, but I keep talking about this one place. There's a, um, there's a little uh, tomato pie place. That's probably Ooh, about 10, I, uh, 10 15. <laughs> just rang my ears i have not had tomato pie in so long and now i have to have some right after this yeah man it's it's good it's uh it's this little place called lilo's it's right here in in mount laurel in new jersey they also have they have really good pizza um but they also have tremendous cheesesteaks i mean i'm right outside of philadelphia and everyone always asks like what's my go-to cheesesteak and honestly it's not a philadelphia spot like it's not like i mean i've been to all the pats and genos and all those types of places right but for me, it's Lilo's, man. They, they, they have this, I mean, they, they, they do it right. You know, it, it's good. One, it's, it's, it's just good quality stuff. It's good steak. 
It's good cheese. They don't overdo it with too much cheese. They do it just right. They toast the roll. They put the garlic butter on the roll. Like, it's just fantastic. So Lilo, Lilo's Tomato Pies here in New Jersey is, is a go-to place if you ever come to Jersey for whatever reason. <laughs> the stamp of approval by Ryan Roberts. And we've been speaking with Ryan Roberts, recruiting for the IrishBreakdown.com on SI Now, NFL Draft Scouting for R&D Scouting, RPM Data, and CGS All-Star Plus. You have to check out his podcast, The First Team Pod, which you can also watch on Stadium. Find him on Twitter at Rise and Draft. That's Rise, a capital N Draft. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Absolutely, Chris. Thank you as always, man. I really appreciate it. As always, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.